Welcome to Cardinal Conversations, a career podcast from the Catholic University of America. My name's Brett LaPrade. I'm the Director of Career Development and Professional Networking in our Office of Alumni Engagement. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the Associate Director of Employer Relations and Assessment, Dr. Ryan Cheatham. Hey, Hi Ryan. there. How's it going? It's going. You know, it's a it's another day. I've moved offices, and so we're recording in a new space, and I that's like a lot it. of fun. It's a yeah. nice space. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, there's less background noise that people hear. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a new noise that people have probably been hearing if you've been paying attention recently, and that's that you're not just Ryan Cheatham anymore. You are Dr. Ryan Cheatham. So congratulations on finishing your dissertation. Heavy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the laity out there. Present company included. Yes, yeah, sure. What's the elevator pitch? What What was your dissertation on? Oh, so I completed a phenomenological analysis. Ooh, that's a big word. It's a big word. <laughs> Say it ten times really fast. Uh, nope, not gonna do that on air. <laughs> but it focused on the integration of career development into music curricula, yeah, um, cool. and its impact on job satisfaction upon graduation in the labor market mm-hmm. for African American. American music students who attend historically black colleges and universities. Um, So you know how you have to like take the cake and then like cut it and then cut it again and then get this really small slither and say, (laughs) for my sanity, this is what I need to focus on. Uh Sure. So yeah, yeah, I feel it's good to be done. And it just got, you know, the approval in ProQuest and and the copies are going to, I'm supposed to have my coffee copy i believe in like six to eight weeks and okay the hard copy yeah right. yeah it's also getting delivered to the library there and nice it just it feels good feels good to be done and kind of mm-hmm. like what do i do now um, <laughs> sleep yeah for sure yeah <laughs> right. spend time with family and friends yeah and like, yeah, yeah right right but yeah it was a great it was a uh, great is an understatement it was an amazing journey mm-hmm. um and just my eyes were also open, perspective was widened, and I think that it gave me even more of a push, a motivation for helping students with finding their place um, mm. when they graduate. Yeah. So, yeah. It's it awesome. Good. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. A very applicable mm-hmm. dissertation. You can yeah. use it in... You know, you've got insights, I'm sure, that apply in all kinds of settings. And I know you have thoughts on lots of things, career development. All different directions. Yeah. Tell you what, just it was a real eye opener on how, you know, curriculum is designed and mm-hmm. talking about, you know, credit ceilings and, mm-hmm. you know, what can be incorporated, what can't be incorporated. How do we take experiential learning and really create opportunities that students can benefit from? Mm-hmm. And it's been done in various you know, settings, but then how do we take resources that might be available in one setting that aren't available in another? Mm-hmm. And you know, how do we work with that and figure out what works and what's conducive for the this particular educational setting versus another? So yeah. it's just, it really gets into the meat of the purpose of why. And then from there, I think there's some sound recommendations and suggestions for how to move forward in that. 
for building blocks for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm excited to see all the great things you're doing here at the university and all the great things you're going to continue to do in your career. Thank you. And just so if folks weren't already convinced, Ryan is the expert here. No. So this just really like gives the stamp of approval on that. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, Ryan, congratulations to you. I know people listening are proud of you and happy for you Thank as well. you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Should we turn to our conversation? Let's do it. Let's do it. Welcome to our conversation with a Cardinal. This is our staple segment for the Cardinal Conversations podcast, and it is a way to showcase some of the great things that our alumni are doing and for them to share their advice, their tips, their feedback from their own careers and experiences and the wisdom they've learned along the way. And Ryan, I'm really excited to have with us today Emma Flanagan, a 2020 graduate of the Catholic University of America in the Bush School of Business. And Emma has done many things, which we'll get to hear about, of course, in our interview, but she currently serves as the Global Analyst Relations Manager for Microfocus. Emma's got quite the story, even though she's a recent graduate, and I'm excited to hear more about it. Ryan, what do you think we should start with Emma? Well, Emma, thanks for taking your time to meet with us today and to share your journey. I remember when you were here at Catholic, and I'm just so excited to hear what you've been up to. So what have you been up to since being at Catholic U? And could you talk a little bit just about your journey and and how between then and now you've been able to make your degree work for you? Sure, of course. And thank you both for having me today. So I'm really glad to be here. Brett, I feel like it was just yesterday. We're in the career development office at the Bush School. So time has really flown since. Yeah. Yeah. So in short, in terms of where I've been since Catholic U, I graduated in May of 2020 during the lovely pandemic with a major in marketing and minor in strategic operations and management, which is a bit of a mouthful. Post-grad, you know, experienced a pandemic, had some pivots along the way, but ended up in Columbus, Ohio, which is just about an hour away from my hometown in Dayton, Ohio. So while I told myself at graduation, I'd never move back home, here we are. Um, are. For the better. Yeah, for the better, it's been really nice. I really enjoyed being here. The cost of living can't be beat, I would say. And then currently professionally, I am the Global Analyst Relations Manager at Microfocus, which is an IT enterprise cloud company based out of the UK. And then outside of work, I recently bought my first home in June of 2022. Um, So that was very exciting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Um, (laughs) So now I'm in like the fun phase where we're making a house a home is kind of what people say. So doing some fun interior design projects. Top of buying my home, I am the owner and lead photographer of Emma Flanagan Photography. And I'm also a big foodie. I've been trying to get into yoga, baby steps on that front. (laughs) And I'm always planning my next trip. Wow, that sounds awesome. And everything from how you've been able to kind of take your experience with your degrees. And can you tell us a little bit about what led you to the opportunity? I know you said you would never really move back home and technically you're not home. (laughs) Not quite, yes. Mm -hmm. But what led you to accept the opportunity that you went for, especially in the midst of that time, the pandemic, there was so much uncertainty. How did you make the decision to, to go? Yeah, it's definitely been a whirlwind. So originally post-grad, my plans were to move to Chicago, Illinois mm-hmm. uh, to pursue a career in executive recruiting. Unfortunately, due to the lovely pandemic, that job kept getting pushed. And ultimately, I said, I'm not waiting around. So I started applying elsewhere. Uh, so that led me to the job in Columbus, Ohio in uh, organizational change management consulting for a boutique firm here. End of day, I said, hey, you know, it's the first job out of college. Let's see what happens. It's close to home and better than babysitting, which is what I was doing in the time as an interim. Okay. Uh, so started my career there. I was there for about a year. 
And then from there, thanks to some connections I made throughout college, I was recruited to Salesforce. They offered the job, which was my first step into analyst relations. And mm. analyst relations as a whole is not a career you say, ooh, I'm going to go to college and do analyst relations. It's <laughs> oftentimes a career people just fall into. So I said, <laughs> yeah. you know, what the heck? I liked my current job, but I was open to change and a new opportunity. Uh, again, I was there for about a year, really great experience for one of the largest companies in the world, largest CRM company that is. Mm-hmm. And then after that, ended up getting picked up for another job in a similar position for Microfocus, which is a smaller IT cloud company. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a really great fit. And I'm really happy where I'm at and the team that I work with day to day. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. Yeah. And for folks listening at home, Emma has said this explicitly and alluded to some other things, but Emma and I had the pleasure of working together in the career development office in the business school. So some of those stories I'm a, more privy to. And <laughs> Emma, it's it's great to see that you're enjoying what you're doing now. And I see all the time, if folks want to find you on LinkedIn, you're always posting helpful things about the work you're doing personally, but then even what your organization is doing. So it's been fun to keep up with you. And I appreciate you summarizing what you've been doing. So you're a recent grad, but you've already outlined that you've worked for a few different firms in some different roles. And now you seem to have found your niche. What has your experience been like working in companies of different sizes? And what advice can you offer to folks to be effective given the size of whatever organization you're in? Yeah, good question. So throughout my career since graduating in May of 2020, I've definitely experienced, I would say, a good variety of different companies, cultures, and just work environments as a whole. So for myself, in terms of how I've navigated this, I think it's really important when you start your career, even as you're pursuing and continuing through it, is to really prioritize what's important to you in terms of, is it what you're doing day to day? Is it who you work with? Is it the culture, et cetera? And really trying to align your values with what you do day to day. That makes all the difference in the end. In terms of achieving that work-life balance or harmony as you see it, but also feeling fulfilled day to day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Have you had experience working like, you know, you hear people that work in large firms like Salesforce, for example, Mm -hmm. where you worked, you sometimes only work on a very small team. And so even though it's this really big company, you only know a handful of people really well because you're only working with those people. Or the other end of the spectrum is it's such a small company that you feel Mm -hmm. like you can't. I don't know how to put it, be anonymous at mm-hmm. work in, in some circumstances. Have you had any experiences like those from the different firms you've been in? Yeah, that's a good question. I'd say as a whole, there's definitely pros and cons to all sizes of different companies. For myself personally, I found professionally that I really enjoy the big fish, small pond mentality. Um, so from my time at bigger companies, I have found it being harder to make a name for yourself, so to speak. I think you do have to go the extra mile to make yourself known and to gain that autonomy and ownership in your work. But oftentimes it can feel like you're just another cog in the wheel. On the latter end of things, I've worked in more boutique firms and mid-sized companies. I enjoy that more, I would say, just because I think you do gain more experience off the get-go. In my current role, it's a mid-sized tech company. There's about 10,000 people. But yeah, so in my current role, I really enjoy the team that I'm on. We're a lean team of four, five, no, let's see. Counting's hard, Brett. Don't make me sound bad <laughs> this audio. Let's see, we have three for PR and then two, five. Yep, there you go. We have five people on our team, but a really lean team. I really enjoyed my manager and his work style. Really just gave me a lot of autonomy and leadership, which has meant a lot for me. I personally prefer a manager that really instills trust in his employees to then allow them to grow and run with different projects and things as they see fit. That's been a really great fit for me. That's really good, Emma. I think that there's something to be said in that, whereas, you know, we have recent graduates or seniors that are about to embark on this journey themselves and 
they need to understand that they're constantly going to be learning the best type of work environment for them. You know, that's one of those things that you can't necessarily like teach or learn in a classroom. It just comes with experience, with the internship, with the job. That's how you get a feel for the leadership styles you work best underneath, as well as what helps you thrive as as an employee and, and makes you passionate about your work. So thanks for that that little tidbit there. So on the flip side, you're also an entrepreneur, small business owner. You have made a photography business into a traveling opportunity. And that's where I know you from coming and <laughs> taking pictures for us at the career fairs. And so how do you approach managing this business on the side while working full time? I'm currently the owner and lead photographer of Emma Flannery Photography, and I specialize in timeless, fun, and candid portraits. In terms of balancing, I think this is kind of a teach their own in terms of their preference of how they carry a nine to five and a side business. For myself, photography has always been something that I want to do versus have to do. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes people ask me, oh, Emma, when are you going full time? When are you going to you know, quit your date nine to five, that sort of thing. Uh, but for myself, I love having photography on the side. So it's something that I get to do and want to do versus mm -hmm. something like a means to the end to make ends meet, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So my advice on this would be really pursue what brings you joy. For myself, I found that being portraits. I really like the more intimate setting with clients where you get to know them on a one-to-one -one basis, continue that relationship even beyond the session. Secondly, I'd recommend time management. I think everyone does this in different ways. For myself currently, since I do have a nine to five on top of photography, to ensure that I can provide a really great and strong experience for my clients, I do limit the amount of sessions I provide each year. And third, I think it's really important to recognize your strengths and weaknesses, where you can kind of fill those gaps or areas of improvement within your team. For example, I currently work very closely with my business coach, Claire Conway at Ringlet. She's amazing and very talented on that front. Second, I recently outsourced some design and copy work to do my new website with Katie at Abundant Collab Co. And then I have a very strong bookkeeper named Bridget at Perfect Balance Financial Solutions. So I think end of day, it's just really important to acknowledge your strengths as a business owner, but also recognize that it is okay to outsource other talents and sources with other people. Mm -hmm. Talk about work-life balance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that sounds really, really good. Very strategic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And your photography business has taken you different places. I know that you've come back to DC to do some shoots. You're very popular among students that you graduated with, of course, but there's even some current students I know that you, you've taken photos for. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering if you can talk about, you said that it's something that you get to do, not something that you have to do. And I think that mm -hmm. mentality is really key. Oftentimes I hear people wondering about their side hustles, so to speak. And I think some people really want that to become something full-time and your mm -hmm. perspective on it, I think is, is refreshing in some ways that we don't have to have our hobbies be our livelihood. Right. And so I'm wondering if you can share any thoughts that you might have or reflections on kind of becoming a well-rounded person and developing these other interests outside of your professional interests, because we so often just want to blend those two things together. And there does seem to be value and your story speaks to that of keeping some things separate. What's that been mm -hmm. like for you? Yeah, so I would say my journey in terms of balancing it all is definitely still continuing. I would say I'm a forever learner in terms of trying to find that balance and what works best for me. My current setup works very well in terms of having my nine to five and then my side business as it is. Like you said, there is kind of that mindset of some people wanting their side hustle to be their full time, which more power to them. But I just think it's important to prioritize what's important to you in life, what kind of lifestyle do you want to live, and then shaping your hobbies, professional endeavors, et cetera, around that. 
So I think, you know, it really depends on the person. What are their goals? What are their aspirations? And then fine tuning kind of their lifestyle accordingly. But also I think it's important to, you know, enjoy life, not always be grinding for the next sale, things like that. And really just trying to live day by day, which is something I'm still working on. But, you know, we it all takes time. Emma, so in talking with you from the time you were at Catholic to your your experiences boutique in midsize, even to your photography business and continual learning, can you tell us about the importance of building a strong network and maintaining relationships? Because even from, you know, when Brett used to work with you and, and other mentors and colleagues at Catholic U spoke towards alum that you've connected with at Ringlet and, and other really successful organizations. Can you just tell us the importance of building a a strong network as you navigate your career, especially in those first, you know, five years out? Of course. Yeah. So I think your network is very quintessential no matter what career line of work you're in. A saying that my family always taught me growing up is to one, never burn bridges, but then also it's not about who you know, but who knows you in terms of as you're navigating your career, looking for your next opportunity, more often than not, the best way to get your foot in the door is through a referral or someone that's always there. So always, I think, trying to engage with your network, reconnect with others is really important. For myself personally, all, let's see, three of my post-grad jobs have all been through connections of some sort. So it never hurts. You never know what one connection at a quick happy hour might lead to. I just think it's always good to always extend those relationships, make those connections. Awesome. Thanks. I would like to know more about your current position, because as you said, you've kind of stumbled into being a global analyst relations manager. And so my curiosity is peaked, and I'm sure that there's folks listening who would want to know more. What does your day-to-day look like? What kinds of things are you doing in that role? Sure. Uh, so good question. If you're my family, depending on your knowledge of the business realm, often I say I'm in marketing and I leave it at that. Uh, But the longer answer to that is that as their global analyst relations manager for two product groups, ITOM and Vertica, in a nutshell, in the tech industry, there are a series of vendor evaluations. They'll publish reports sharing the top 10 vendors in X industry, for example, and Y. My job on the background is to then lead both market strategy to ensure our team's positive positioning in these reports, which then in turn increases our market presence and brand awareness. Okay. So very much a marketing outward focused kind Mm -hmm. of role. Mm Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. And thanks for explaining and and getting into it a little bit more, because I think that sometimes, especially students, and I keep saying students because I come from, you know, a student perspective. Brett comes from more of the alumni piece. From the student perspective, you know, just looking at it, it is something where a student can see themselves in a different light than what is popular, right? And for them to know that your career career path isn't always linear and that you may find joy in some of these hidden opportunities that actually turn out to be more abundant than the popular ones, right? So that's that's really cool. Exactly. And I tell a lot of, you know, fresh out of college grads that oftentimes your first job isn't going to be forever, your forever job. But I think as you go through the ropes, you learn what you do and don't like. And most jobs end of day two, there's several transferable skills. And I would say in my role in particular, it's very similar to a project manager role. So if you can be organized, you have good people skills, you're on top of things, you could probably do my job. I'm curious, Emma, because when you were working with us in the business school, you were the career development intern and you were working under our career coach. You were coaching students yourself. You were reviewing resumes. You were teaching one of the career development courses. So you were thinking in a lot of these ways and talking about a lot of these themes that we cover on this podcast. 
And I'm just wondering from the student and maybe early career perspectives, what are some of the challenges that you think young professionals face and what are maybe one or two points of advice that you would offer to them? Sure. I think for young professionals starting their career, it can be very daunting in terms of figuring out where to start. I think like we've talked about, there's a lot of sort of these stereotypical career lines you go in. You know, if you're in the business school, for example, you're a marketing major, you go into marketing or you go into sales. It's kind of a black and white. You're this major, you go this route. So I think it's good to be open to different opportunities which may come your way. Another thing that I think that I wish I was more educated on just in general and in life, but is advocating for yourself and your professional development in your career. I think when you're first out of college, it can be harder to know what to say, when to say in terms of maybe advocating for a higher salary, negotiating, things like this. But I think as you get more into your career, you get more comfortable with kind of asking those uncomfortable questions, but advocating for yourself. As my family always says, you don't ask, you don't get. So that's been something I've been working on for myself personally, but also mentoring others within my company to really just pursue what brings them joy, but also advocate for themselves and their accomplishments. Because end of day, if you don't ask for that promotion, or if you aren't, you know, the number one person bragging about all that you're doing, your manager's not going to know, and you're not going to get that promotion. Hmm. So I think it's really good just to advocate for yourself, but also lean on those resources and mentors in your network to help you get there. Great. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so important what you just said. And that's something I feel like I've had to learn and I'm still learning that we're serious about our own career development and our career prospects. We have to be the ones to take the bull by the horns and do what we need to do. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, And they can be uncomfortable conversations to have. They're not always easy. And I don't think they're conversations we're always trained to have or know how to approach necessarily. And I think as well, something I've learned in my career is really just prioritizing what's important to you, but also prioritizing your mental health above it all. I think sometimes in work, especially during the pandemic and things, some people may have been put into situations that may not have been ideal. Maybe they don't have a good manager, their teams, whatever it is. But I think end of day, it's really important to prioritize yourself, your mental health and realize at the end of the day, it's just a job and you clock out at five. Words of wisdom. Mm -hmm. Love it. Easier said than done sometimes though. Oh, for sure. Yeah, (laughs) no doubt about that. Well, Emma, We didn't talk about this when we asked to be on the podcast, but we like to do this little mini segment with our guests. We'd like to spin the wheel of not so random topics. Okay, let's go. All right, let's do it. I like uh, that. Yeah, that's the go-getter attitude. (laughs) So there's five possible topics that will let the fates or I guess really the algorithm for this website determine uh, our next and our final topic. One is your favorite Catholic you memory. The second is your first job. What was your first job ever? The third possibility is CEO for a day. The fourth topic is relax. What do you do to take care of yourself, take care of your mental health, get away from work for a while? And the fifth topic is I'm jealous. Whose career would you want to trade places with if you could? Okay. Okay. So here we go. We're going to let the uh, algorithm do its magic. And it landed on first job. So your first job, Emma, what did Emma Flanagan do to first earn money? First job in life, like on paper or off the records? Are we talking, Brett? Uh, you <laughs> you can decide that. Okay, sounds good. So Uncle Sam doesn't know about all the babysitting I did growing up, but that was my first <laughs> job like many. I babysat the kids right across the street from me, Hassan Parker, two adorable little boys. 
I had the honor of babysitting both of them since they were born. So wow. got to go through all the fun diaper stages and everything in between. Aww. Really enjoyed babysitting for them. It definitely taught me a lot of skills. Fun fact, Brett, I don't know if I've shared this with you, but I learned I do not have a sense of spell. So because of that, my mom yelled at me every now and then when she would come over to pick me up since the baby had a, um, you know, smelly diaper and things like that. Wow. So don't rely on me to change the diapers. Fun fact. Very interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, as a newer parent, I could foresee that being really helpful at times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been told it's a blessing and a curse, but I figure I've yeah. made it this far. So here we are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, wow. So yeah, that's my... Uh, off the record, Uncle Sam doesn't know about babysitting. And then in terms of real job, I've, I've had a multiple job. I'm trying to think what was the first one. I think it was either working at a fast casual, similar to Chipotle style sushi place where you'd go down the line, mm. make your own sushi. It's called mm. Fusion Sushi. The okay. founders actually went to my high school. It was either that or I worked at a tennis court for a hot second, just cleaning the courts and doing little admin stuff here and there. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, both of those are sound like quintessential teenager jobs. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah, I think yeah. everyone needs to work in the service industry, though. It's a very humbling and educating experience. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Well, Emma, Ryan, this is our blast from the past segment where we take a dive into the university digital archives to find out a little something more about our guest. And Emma, you come up many times in the tower archives. So finding something to talk about with you was uh, on the one hand, really easy, but then on the other hand, really hard because there's just so much we could have talked about. But I think we've got something interesting here because it involves your passion for traveling, your work with working with teams, your problem solving skills. So I'm looking forward to hearing your reflections on this. This is an article from The Tower from Friday, March the 23rd of 2018. So it's coming up about five years once this episode mm. is released, which crazy. I don't know if that, yeah, yeah, it's probably pretty crazy. But the headline is Catholic students participate in VHACs competition in Rome. And so to give folks a sense of the article, which is pretty lengthy, I'll read some portions of it, and then Emma would love to hear your reflections on your experience. So the article says, this past spring break, most Catholic university students spent their week off school resting, having fun with friends, or volunteering. A group of five Catholic students spent their spring break differently, participating in VHACs, the first hackathon held at the Vatican in Rome, Italy. Emma Flanagan, a sophomore marketing major, Laquan Clinton, a senior architect student, Michael Monahan, a senior computer science major, Vi Bowie, an electrical engineering doctoral candidate, and Van Lam, a biomedical engineering doctoral candidate, traveled to Rome, where they participated in the first annual Vatican Hackathon. Their team won second place overall against the top 25 universities in the world. They leveraged their technology to address current global problems. This was an event to promote collaboration among youth leaders across diverse academic, ethnic, and religious backgrounds. Each of the 25 teams were assigned a topic at the start of the 36 hours of the competition. Flanagan explained how her team created an innovative solution to solve interfaith dialogue, one of the three challenges of the VHACs competition. Their solution was called Faith Strings, a virtual reality app that allows users to explore and learn about different faiths. It aimed to connect individuals from across the world from one another to learn through a virtual reality shared experience and community platform. Skipping down a little bit. Three finalists were selected in each category to give a slightly longer and more formal presentation in another building. Catholic's group was among those chosen and came in second place, winning $1,000. Mm. 
In addition, they won an award from Salesforce for best implementation of their software. Now, you might ask yourself, how did this team come together? And the article answers. Each team member was chosen to go to this event after each participated in an event at CUA earlier this semester called Hackathon for Homelessness. Hackathon for Homelessness took place on January 27th, and all five students who went to Rome competed on different teams against each other. Although Flanagan is a sophomore marketing major with no real background in computer science, she decided to get a team together, knowing a trip to Rome in March for the Vatican Hackathon would be a possibility. So there's a lot more in the article that we could unpack, but Emma, I would love to just hear what you have to say about what, how that experience was for you personally. We got a little bit of a flavor uh, in some of the quotes from you, and I think the article does a nice job of giving summaries, but what was that like? Yeah, so it was definitely a whirlwind experience. I can't believe it was almost five years ago. That's kind of crazy. I guess starting from the beginning of the experience during Catholic U's, the Hackathon for Homelessness was the name. That was a really neat experience in itself. I always tried to stay very involved on campus and try out new things. So I remember one day, I think reading through the emails, whatever, there was this opportunity to participate in this hackathon, chance to go to Italy. I was like, I'll take a free trip to Italy, not really knowing what I was getting myself into. So I gathered some of my closest friends. We competed. I ended up getting selected to attend, which was a really worthwhile experience. With the team itself that was sent from Catholic, as described, it was a random group of us. Prior to the local competition, the local competition at Catholic, I did know those team members. But then the team that was sent to Rome was comprised of random team members from other teams that participated. Um, so that was definitely a learning experience in itself because we had a very quick timeline of meeting our team members, figuring out our strengths and weaknesses, and then going to compete in Rome, Italy. As a whole, it was definitely a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I was really neat to be flown out to Rome. I'd actually been there prior for a study abroad experience with the FYE program, which was really neat. So I got to play tour guide a little bit with my team before we got going. The hackathon itself was definitely out of my ballpark. I was a sophomore at the time, which seems crazy. I think at that point, I was pretty set in terms of I'm a marketing major. I'm going to do marketing, something creative. A little fluffier, not quite as techie numbers heavy, I would say. This was my first experience, I'd say, really with the tech world and figuring out, oh, there could be other opportunities for careers this route. I was exposed to big companies such as Facebook, MLH Hacking, Salesforce, et cetera. What was interesting, I think, about our team versus others is that the other teams that were there, many Ivy League colleges, Yale, Harvard, Brown, all those big names, and then there's, you know, we Catholic University of America that people may have little, had some doubts about. But all the other teams at the competition were very technology, computer science heavy versus our team was more well-rounded. We weren't really sure how it was going to go, but all of our strengths ended up really being able to pull together well, place second in the competition as mentioned. But it was a really great opportunity. I met a lot of great people. Just the exposure and the networking itself, meeting with Salesforce and receiving that innovation award led to a lot of great career milestones for myself. That's awesome. Yeah. There's some cool pictures in this article of you and the team as well. A really nice one of, I'm assuming you're pointing to a, <laughs> a, a slide or something, but yeah, it sounds like an incredible opportunity and incredible experience to have. And you well represented the university. That's awesome. And the question that I kind of have as follow-up to your experience, Emma, is really has to do with teamwork. The National Association of Colleges and Employers, they have a survey where they look at competencies that employers across the board say, these are the core competencies that we're looking for when we're hiring or recruiting. And so the competencies also include teamwork as a part of the eight. Mm -hmm. And like you said, 
the first time you did it, you put the team together, you knew who it was, but then the team that you went to Rome with was a team that had been selected by the university, different individuals, and you all had your strengths. And now fast forward as you've worked on different types of teams, boutique, mid-size, you know, can you tell me a little bit about the importance of uh, diversity in the workplace, bringing your strengths together and bringing your backgrounds together, your experience? What have you learned from not just this experience, but from your from your jobs that you can share with us about the importance of teamwork? Of course. Uh, so I think and know that teamwork is so important in the work environment. I think it's what gets you up in the morning and says, ooh, I can't wait to go work at the career development office because I love my coworkers. We all work together, you know, et cetera, things like that. But I do think it's important to acknowledge too that not one employee is the same employee in terms of our work styles, our preferences, communication styles, et cetera. So I think when you join any new job, it's really important to kind of get a lay of the land, read the room introduce yourself, get to know those around you and their preferences for different work styles. Because I think at the end of the day, we all have strengths and weaknesses. None of us are perfect. But if we can lean on one another to reach towards a common goal, that's what really makes a big difference at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And then out of these experiences, do you ever find yourself learning something from the next person and being able to take that away and, and utilize it for your own professional or personal development? Yeah, I'm always learning, always trying to pick up different nuggets of knowledge uh, from the people that I work with. I would like to say in terms of my role on the team, I'm always that one asking questions. In my line of work too, it is very tech heavy. Mm -hmm. My role is a little bit more of a project manager purpose in terms of connecting the dots and the people to the right meetings and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so oftentimes they'll say some random acronym and I'll be like, hey, what's that? What does that mean? Or during a call, if they mention something I'm not knowledgeable and I'll do a quick Google search, become a little bit more knowledgeable in that. So there's always something to learn. And I think it's really important to leverage on the knowledge that your peers have. Great, great. Thanks for that. Well, Emma, it was fun to revisit this moment in your college career. And it's mm -hmm. still something that probably stays with you to this day. And the university is proud of the way that you represented it. And thanks so much for offering your reflections on that and other things. Really appreciate your time today. And I'm looking forward to seeing where your career goes from here. Yeah, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. And roll cards. And as always, thank you for listening to this episode of Cardinal Conversations. Yeah, always a pleasure to do this with you, Ryan. And we are grateful to our guests, as well as to the Center for Academic and Career Success and the Office of Alumni Engagement for allowing us to partner together to hear and learn from our alumni career stories. Yeah, you can find links to resources for the blast from the past and other interesting things in the show description in your podcast app. If you'd like to support the students, research, and mission of the Catholic University of America, you can also click on the giving link in the show description as well. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Until next time.